listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Welcome in to Windy City Slam. My name is Chris Lanuti, Mike Pankow on with me as well. It is Monday. It is time to talk wrestling Chicago style. An excellent guest awaiting us as well. Windy City Slam, part of the broadcast basement on demand radio network. Big announcement before I bring in Mike that broadcastbasement.com, the broadcast basement limited, the broadcast basement on demand radio network launching in January a brand new podcast for the South Side and South Suburbs of Chicago called South Side Pod, covering everything from breweries to restaurants and all that good stuff. We're going to have an awful lot of fun with it. And hopefully, my friend, you will join me from time to time and the other folks that will be regulars on that show to talk about what's going on in the world of wrestling in addition to Windy City Slam. How are you, Mike? I'm good. I'm good. Um, before we get into uh, the wrestling talk, I just want to... Um, make a personal uh, point here. Um, yesterday or Sunday morning, um, a good friend of mine, a guy who I've known covered for a long time in the basketball world, uh, former UIC Flames head men's basketball coach, longtime fighting Illini assistant coach, Jimmy Collins passed away. Uh, thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, I was kind of close to coach at times during uh, his coaching tenure at UIC and uh, so rest in peace, Coach C, and uh, it was kind of a, a rough uh, day dealing with that yesterday. But uh, ready to talk some wrestling. I didn't even hear about that, Mike. Jimmy Collins passed away. You know, I, and I got to see really the Collins career, if I'm not mistaken. You and I met at the University of Illinois at Chicago uh, at the Chicago Flame, which is a newspaper there. You were, you were yes. further along in it, and I was a freshman at the time. And I spent one year there, and then I went down to Champaign, and I got to see the full Jimmy Collins, uh, you know, assistant basketball coach with the Illini, uh, men's basketball coach at UIC. I remember there was even talk of the possibility that he could have been up for the job to come back to uh, or go to the University of Illinois from the Flames at one point when uh, when U of I had an opening. I want to say it was when Lon Kruger left. Uh, it ended up being yes. Bill Self instead, but but uh, I did not know that Jimmy Collins had passed away. That's sad news. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I actually have known him for um, probably 25 years. So uh, it's wow. a little bit of a sad uh, time. My condolences, my friend. I did not know him as well as you did. That's for sure. Um, you, you're going to be good here. We got 30 minutes. We got a great oh, guest I'm, that's lined I'm, up. I'm, I'm good. All right, good. cool. I, I'm excited because I've been watching this guy ever since he was Skeletor's right-hand man in uh, in Masters of the Universe, right? We got Beastman coming on. <laughs> Actually, we do have Beastman come on in a few minutes. I've been, but, uh, a, I've been saving a joke all week. I hope he doesn't hang up now. I, I like I've been saving a joke all week long. What do you want to get to first, though? Couple of local things first, but yeah, uh, unfortunately, it's not because of the masses of the universe. He's got different reasons for it, but we'll have him get into that once we have him on. Uh, locally, real quick, Power Entertainment returned to action at Rome Bulls in Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, last Saturday night, December the twelfth. 
they had a big celebration for Hardcore Craig and Eric Freedom, each celebrating 30 years in the wrestling business. And in the main event of that show, saw Craig, Freedom, Jimmy Blaze, and GQ defeat Rough Crossing, Scott Spade, Tiny, who's six foot twelve as they build, and Pee Wee in an eight-man tag. So fun show there. And then uh, also on that show, Kazizzle defeated Garrison Creed, who debuted for them. Uh, a little bit of um, chicanery going on, a foreign object involved in that finish. And uh, one of our newest followers on WindyCitySlam.com, and we really appreciate him retweeting a lot of stuff, Meat Hooks O'Bannon. He defeats Jamie Race in a singles match at Power Entertainment this past weekend. So really, really good show up there. Uh, we're hoping they're coming back to Illinois next year once things start uh, getting closer to normal. And hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll have more shows next year. Moving on real quick, AEW champion Kenny Omega appeared at Impact Wrestling. I know this was a big topic even last week with Izzy when we had her on, uh, talking about eyeballs and viewership on Access TV and Twitch. And they actually did a pretty good job. They drew over 75,000 people over the various platforms, and they got some uh, serious eyes on their product. Uh, I'm very intrigued to see how this Impact AEW crossover continues. And then Omega and Don Callis also appeared on AEW, doing the old Ric Flair entrance, arriving via helicopter outside of Daly's place. That was a fun visual, but um, the promo was a bit underwhelming, and they seemed to rehash some of the same stuff they said on Impact. But yeah, I'm still very, very intrigued on where they're going to go with this, see what Tony Khan does with Impact coming on board in terms of the crossovers and Quick question for you. How many did you say tuned into the Twitch crossover between AEW and Impact? Uh, well, there was 750,000 total. This counts TV, this counts YouTube views, stuff like that. But I think Twitch matched out like 52,000, okay. which is a record for them. It's a big number for them on Twitch because usually they draw maybe 5,000 or but so But some on people Twitch. went back to find it on YouTube afterwards. Is that what the, where the majority of that comes from? Uh, YouTube, um, there may have been videos on yeah. Twitter, stuff that, like that. And that's the thing. That's it. That's that's it right there. That's exactly what Izzy was saying last week. If you look at the actual number that watched it live, the majority of people that even checked it out waited till they could just get the segment. I just don't see how it benefits Impact that much. It's cool for AEW to do something with another with another promotion. But let I me mean, look, we had we had like wrestling's youngest fan on basically, like a big name fan who's 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 got her own uh things that she does on YouTube television. You would think she's super tech savvy and she was like, eh, I don't know if I'm gonna watch this thing in full. I I I don't do the Twitch thing. I still think that's the biggest problem. You gotta be able to get more eyes on there and until you have a TV deal, it's almost impossible. Yeah, Access TV just does not have the reach of, of like a Spike TV that they used to have years ago. So yeah, it's a, it's a tough um, tough hurdle for Impact Wrestling there. And real quick, before we get to Beast Man, I just want to get this out there. There were a couple of uh, rumblings, internet reports, and take this lightly, internet reports, that Vince McMahon wants to send Keith Lee back down to the Performance Center for more training. Well, not happy about that. I mean, Keith Lee's got all the goods. I mean, he's, he's a much better promo than he was a couple of years ago. I like his style in the ring. Big guy that can move, which kind of leads very well to our guest. Big guy that can move, a guy that has the complete package. Uh, Keith Lee is a future superstar in WWE. So if these reports are true, got a bad business right there. And, and it just shows how out of touch people may be if these reports are true. And 
I'm a Keith Lee guy through and through. He and Adam Cole were probably my two favorites in NXT. Now Keith Lee on the main roster. I just want to see Keith Lee succeed. Beastman wants to call in right now. I can hit one of those little guest call-in buttons. I believe that we're ready to go, right, Mike? Yes. All right, Beastman. Go ahead and hit the guest call-in button on the top of the app. You should be able to call us. Nine, we are going to link eight, him up right now seven, here six, on Windy City five, Slam. Four, three, All right, two, here we go. One. And Beastman joins us on the line. How'd you like my joke at the beginning, Beastman? Oh, that terrible joke that I heard when I just listened in? It was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, I actually asked you at Warrior Wrestling a few months ago when, when they had the outdoor shows and you were... Uh, coming from the eastern part of the country to come and to, to join us for Warrior Wrestling. Uh, about that and where you got your name, uh, could you, for the uninitiated, could you just describe the Beastman character and uh, what was the influence for it? Well, I the name, it's actually funny. Like It was kind of like a mixture of like all of the old school characters from back in the 80s. So, I mean, I do get a lot of my inspiration from them. But the name actually came up from a promoter in West Virginia years and years, about 10 years ago. And he wanted me to come work for him, but he did, I used to wear a mask back in the day. And he didn't want me to wrestle yeah. under a mask. So he did. I really didn't have like an extra, like a name or anything like that. So I go the day of the show, I get to the building. He's like, you're going to be George the Beast Man Fetty. I'm like, great. And I'm like, well, no, if you, it, after a couple shows, it started, the name, it just became a name. Uh, then eventually I got rid of George and I got rid of Fetty and uh, just started going as the Beastman. And it was like maybe a good year or two before I finally started understanding how, like, how to really get the gimmick to work for me. Because, like, I would always hear people say, do this, do that, do that. But the thing that makes a good character is, taking a portion of yourself and turning the volume up to make it be more you. That way, when you're out in the ring, you're more comfortable. You can do different things. And really, that's why I did. Like, I, I got a lot of my inspiration from Bruiser Brody because I am a huge fan of Bruiser Brody. I was thankfully yes. be, uh, in the first ever Bruiser Brody Cup in Philadelphia last year, so that was pretty cool. And uh, Kamala, George Steele, uh, Missing Link, there's a little bit of, uh, believe it or not, there's a little bit of Harley Race in there and Vader, Bam Bam Bigelow, all the big guys. I just mixed everything into one and just made it my own. Uh, I, I love the combination of characters. I mean, I'm a big 80s guy myself. Uh, I'm a little bit older than you, so uh, that was my prime getting into the uh, business of watching it, 80s and, and early 90s. I mean, those, those characters were larger than life, and uh, that's where kind of, pulled me in, gravitated me into the business. And uh, I love the fact that you, you pay tribute to all those different characters. But I find it really interesting what you say about putting yourself into your character. It's something that I've talked to different people about because I had a career before I started doing the podcasting in broadcast radio, and I was a morning guy. And a lot of people say, well, where do you come from what you do? And I would say, well, what I do is me turned up, certain knobs are turned up and certain ones are turned down because you can't hide a lie. Like if it's not, if it's not a part of you, it comes across as false. 
and people will start to figure out it's just an act. So you really has to be rooted in yourself. And it's great advice, I think, for anybody who's going to have to go do anything in terms of pro wrestling or have to go out there and put themselves out there. It's more taking certain aspects of your personality. How did you figure that out? Like you, you mentioned, it took you a while to figure it out. Where did that click for you? Well, when I started, um, I get the main, like the main premise of the character was from Ace Ventura Pet Detective. The second one, the scene where uh, the African savage uh, fights Machura. So I got a lot of my little quicks and a little bit of my movements and how like my mannerisms was from that. And then I just like, everybody says I'm a real funny guy and I'm really like, I like to be drawn as the center of attention a little bit, which I don't really believe. But I took those, I took those of my personality and just incorporate it all into who I am. Like, I like, like, I love to have a good time. I love to have fun, but I'm also that kind of guy who will do anything for anyone who's willing to give $5 to a guy on the highway with a sign that says need money. Uh, like I, that's just who I am. But like when I'm out in the ring, I can't be that guy. I have to be completely different. So when I'm out there, I am, it's like, it's like putting all your fears into one box and making that box and you open back up and you see this whole different side of you that you've never expected. And that's what built my confidence to be able to do the stuff I do now. That's very cool. You're a guy that works mainly out East. You mentioned West Virginia and I believe Pennsylvania and some other areas out East as well. But you recently joined Warrior Wrestling for some of their shows in the summertime, the outdoor series. Was it Sam Adonis that convinced you to give Warrior a shot? Because I know you both of you guys are kind of from that same area. Oh, as 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 much as uh, as much as Sam would like to say is yes, it was Sam. Uh, I asked Sam, like me and Sam have known each other for years, like before he uh, got signed to WWE, before he went to Europe and Mexico. I knew I knew him way before. Like, kind of, we kind of started basically at the same time, but he had a few more years under because uh, his family ran a promotion, so he got a lot of he got a lot of knowledge under his belt from that. And when he came back, uh, he was working for Weird. And I asked him. I asked him about maybe six months before uh, the first outdoor show before COVID came. Hey, you think you could like help me out? I like to try to get her. So he gave me. Uh, he told me to email Twitter. I talked to Steve through Twitter. Uh, then we exchanged emails. I sent him my stuff. Didn't really hear much, but when COVID hit, I kind of kept touching with him. Like, hey, hope everything's well. Hope you guys are doing good. Uh, then I heard, and all of a sudden, out of the blue, Sam messaged me, hey, keep this date open. You're going to Chicago with me. I'm like, am I allowed to curse or no? Uh, you can, yeah. I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. So <laughs> that's how that, that was my initiation of getting into where. I love that he asked. I love that he asked permission before he said it. Like we've had guys that just go off and drop the f bomb like fifty times in the show, and he like was like, I want to just make sure it's cool. Fuck yeah, I love it, man. <laughs> Mr. Kate. <laughs> Oh, she did ask me before she came on, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, it was Mr. Kate. It was swearing up a storm. Who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Warrior Wrestling, not that you've worked with them for a few shows, uh, it's a company that just has this melting pot of stars. I mean, people have worked with AEW, Impact, MLW, New Japan, and even guys and gals have gone to NXT or AEW. Even Rey Mysterio did a show for them a couple of years ago. Was that one of the things that also alerted you to try them out? Yes. Um, 
Chicago has been a market that I have been trying to get into for like the last three or four years. Because I've never, like, I've always wanted to be that wrestler that's traveled throughout, like, traveled to make a name for myself. Like, you can only do so much in Pittsburgh. You can only do so much in West Virginia. But I want to expand my horizon. So I started messaging, I started emailing promoters, like, Chicago style, pal, like, you're just messaging, uh, mentioning places like that. Never heard anything back. Um, but when I saw Warrior, I saw Warrior through, like, a bunch of highlights of Sam Post on Facebook. And, I, and I'm being honest, I didn't really know much about them. But then after watching their videos and seeing all like all their social media and how great the talent they bring in, I had to be a part of it. I had to be a part of it because I feel like they don't have like they don't have me. And what I mean by me is they didn't have someone like me. Like they they had Dan the Dad, they had Warhorse, but they don't got a beast man. So I knew if I got out there and had one shot, I knew I'd be able to do well there. And thankfully, and I'm very thankful to be there the last two out of the last Warrior shows, uh, being able to get to Russell Rhino, being able to be in that scramble match with Dan the Dad and uh, Matt Nix and all those guys. I was very blessed and honored to be a part of it. And I'm happy to be a part of the Warrior Wrestling roster because, like, a lot of eyes are on those shows. And I'm hoping, like, I hope it does get me to the next level. But if it doesn't, there's a lot of great talent there that I hope I get to work with. And speaking of great talent, you mentioned Rhino, and that was going to be one of my next questions. And you were fortunate to get to tussle with him at uh, one of the last Warrior Wrestling shows. What was that experience like for you? Oh, man, it was nerve-wracking and scary, only because I only had, like, Lance Archer got COVID. Uh, they called me within 24 hours. So I literally had to, like, pack my bags, get ready, make, it, make the trip to Chicago on day's notice, which is fine. That's no big deal. That's how the business is. But I was also, uh, the week before that, I tore my calf, actually, in that in the scramble match. So I was kind of, like, a little nervous about working. But, you know, you only get once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to do this. So, and like they say in the business, if you're not, if you can, if you can walk, you can wrestle. So going out there, doing my thing, and it worked out pretty well. Turned out to be an awesome match, especially the last minute. Uh, I remember, like, oh, wow, Lance Archer's not going to be there. That's going to suck. And then they put you in that match, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be really, really good. Because for people who haven't seen Beast, man, this guy can really work. He can really move. And now going into your your build, you're kind of a big dude, probably 6'2", 350-ish. I mean, kind of my height and my size. I'm a big guy myself. You have remarkable agility for a man your size, jumping off the top rope, flipping around the ring, uh, doing suicide dives and stuff like that. But it appears for you, your social media, that you're trying to eat a little healthier and drop some weight. And even said you want to look like Scott Norton. Oh, you're letting you're letting Mike down with that one because if if you didn't hear right there in his voice, he compared himself <laughs> to you and he envies how quick you can move. Like, I think Mike lives vicariously through every big wrestler that there is. You heard him about Keith Lee earlier. He's ready to light WWE on fire. He loves big yeah. men that can move. Don't lose too much weight or he's going to be upset. Well, <laughs> as, as much as I like to say, I, I appreciate the compliment, Mike, that you're saying I'm 350. I'm definitely not 350. I'm about maybe 55 pounds heavier. And that's the one. Oh, and, that's okay. why I'm, and that's why I want to drop the weight is because I'm getting older. Uh, my health is good, knock on wood, but I feel like if I don't, I, I sit like at my regular job at home, I drive a, tr a transit bus all day. 
So I really don't get a lot of physical activity other than wrestling. So I wanted to like kind of uh, really start pushing more of being being more active outside of the ring. So I've been saying for about a couple of years, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But, you know, I, that willpower just never goes. Like my my uh, mental uh, capacity when it comes to like being, self, like being self-motivated sometimes doesn't work through. So I'm going to bring in my good friend Sam Adonis again. He kind of yes. me and him had a talk one day, and he kind of lit a fire under my ass. And he's like, "I would." He's like, "Do it. If don't be a bitch, do it." Um, I apologize for cursing for Stop the people. Stop apologizing. Apologize. Just swear as much as you want. So, so, <laughs> so, I went and uh, I got a physical back in November, and I and I was at my highest. I was with 435 pounds. And a lot of people wouldn't even think I was that much because of my master. Well, I knew right then and there, if I can at least get down to 350, I could still, and it'd be a lot easier on my health for my legs because my knees aren't the best and my lower back ain't the greatest. But I figured if I dropped away, I'd at least put a lot of pressure off and I could be able to keep doing this for another 15 years. So that's the goal. That's the reason why I want to lose the weight. I'm good. I'm, I'm working on it. And when I say I want to look like Scott Norton, that, mo- that man's massive. I wouldn't want to see like that. Scott Flash Norton is a badass for sure. Yes, that's a good guy. Oh, Scott Norton's the man. Sure. Yes, Scott Norton is the man. Yes, indeed. Those WCW NWO days, uh, vicious and delicious with Buff Bagwell, great, great yep. worker, just a monster. If you walked into an alley and you saw him, you turn tail and run. That, that's what yep. Scott Norton was. When I saw I when I saw him pick Rene Mysterio up with one hand, I'm like, that's the guy I want to be like. Yeah, straight up. I can totally see you doing that to one of the smaller uh, guys on the local scene too. So I think it'd be a perfect guy for you to emulate. Uh, you were saying on your social media, you had some crazy stories to tell through your years in the business. Can you share one of those at this point? Well, is, do you want it to be PG or not PG? You're not PG. PG. Not PG. Just just give me the dirtiest one you have. All right, well, let me think here for a second. Uh, there's so many. I see. See, I wasn't expecting this. We're trying to call this all in the ring. I wasn't thinking on the fly. No, here. no, that's fine. It's fi- um, ask, ask me another question. Give me time to think about. There we go. There we go. Okay. Give, give him another one. Then. All right. How about I'll ask him a question while he's trying to figure out a story. Maybe it'll jar his memory. Yeah, uh, Mike mentioned that you you did a lot of wrestling in uh, Pennsylvania and also in West Virginia. Whereabouts were you? Because uh, I spent a few years out there, and that is uh, that's some beautiful country with some interesting folk. Are you from there originally, or how did you get started out there? I am from uh, Wheeling, West Virginia. Oh my God! I was on I was on Womp FM for two years at the beginning of the year t- uh, in two thousand and two thousand and uh, one. I was the morning. One hundred point five. I was on one hundred point five. I was the morning guy. That Johnny O was there and he left to go someplace oh else. Oh my God! And they brought Johnny me. Johnny O is on ninety. Uh, he's on one hundred five five now. Right, right. He and does so, the morning show for that. Right. So I moved this into Wheeling. I was in Wheeling, West Virginia, in two thousand and two thousand and one. I was the guy on the air when nine eleven happened on WAP FM. They had me on all day because I was the only guy with a a broadcast journalism degree. You probably have listened to me yeah. before. You had no idea. That's amazing. No, I did. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So. So okay, you know how shit. Then you know how shitty wheeling is. Yes, there's I do know how shitty wheeling is. I live there. there. The only thing, the only thing good about wheeling is you got the bridge tavern on the corner of the Capitol Theater. And that's it. That is true. That is it. 
I remember one time I walked in there, and you'll back this story up. I'm, I'm a young morning guy. Yeah. They're paying me money. Uh, I've got some place. I'm in, like, the Edgewood neighborhood in, like, this condo that's got three balconies, and I'm renting it for, like, $300 a month. Like, that's how people yeah. – it's insane. And I walk into a bar, and I, the place is packed, and I go to order a beer, and I'm from Chicago. I mean, that's where I lived, and that's where I'm living now. And I go in the Wheeling, West Virginia, and I'm on the island. And I'm in some bar on Wheeling Island, which is always, Mike, the, the, the river floods like every other year. And the whole island goes under, yeah. the, un, under, the, under the river. It's insane. They have watermarks on all the buildings with all the years when these people's homes are flooded. And I'm, I'm standing on the island. I order a beer and the guy tells me that it's 35 cents for a can of beer. I looked around the room. I was like, beer for everybody. I was like, what else am I ever going to beer for a whole bar? It was like 35 cents a can. I never, that was in the year 2000. Like, that's insane to me. Like, that's wheeling right there in a nutshell. Unfortunately, it's not like that anymore. Modern times has come up to us. Yeah, but. I know. They got, they got the strip, they got the strip mining there. They're doing the fracking. And now all of a sudden you got like, you got TGI Fridays and everything else there. And the prices of everything went up. But man, it was beautiful back when it was just a quaint little uh, hillbilly town. I love it. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to name any names because they're still, uh, they're still in the business and I don't want to go to jail. Some of them work for, uh, and some of them do work for a major wrestling company. So I will say this. Uh, actually, I got two of them. So the first one, uh, it was after a show in Pittsburgh, and it was my friend's birthday. So we all went out, and it was kind of boring because he wanted to go to this bar and hit on this chick. Never worked out. And we always and we always went to this place called Premier Brothers. I'm sure you've been there. Yes. It's the shits. The worst, the worst restaurant you ever have ever. <laughs> when you put coleslaw on a sandwich, there's a problem. You know what I They're mean? Trying to cover up the sandwich with French fries and coleslaw. That's how bad the sandwich is. Yes. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it's terrible. And uh so a certain someone's in town. And I'm like, hey, let's go out. Hey, let's leave this joint. Let's go down here. So we end up going to this uh, other bar down by the river, and we're just hanging out. Nothing's going on. Like I, I, we're just hanging out talking. And my one friend who came with us, he's looking. He wants to get some some party affairs, and we're and we're just hanging out. And he's like he's asking everybody at the bar, asking everybody. So eventually, we're all just outside. We're getting ready to call it night, and this car comes up with three chicks. And he, and the one get, and he's talking to the one, and the one gets out of the car. And the next thing I know, everybody decides to get in my car, except for me and someone else. I don't know what the hell's going on. So everybody gets in. Five minutes later, everybody gets out, and they all leave. Okay, so I get in my, so I say good night to my buddy, wish him a happy birthday. I get in my car, and I look over, and the one girl sitting there in the car. She's like, I have no way to get home. And I'm like, and then, yeah, uh-oh. And I'm sitting here, and she lived like 20 miles down the road. So I had to, and I had to end up dropping her. I had to take her home. I felt so bad. Well, I didn't feel bad, but I, I didn't know what to do. So I ended up taking her home. She uh, opens the car, and she's like, do you want to come inside and have sex? I'm like, get that. I'm like, no, get the fuck out of here. Go. I'm shoving out of the car so I can get the hell home. So, unfortunately, I had to turn down some that night. So, I dropped her off. Um, I'm crossing over to Homestead Bridge in Pittsburgh. And I look over, and I see a pair of shoes. Now, I can be the Good Samaritan and drive 20 miles back to her house and give her her shoes. But 
me being the guy that I am, I rolled down the window, picked up the shoes, and threw them into the uh, and threw them into the Monongahela River. Right. And never <laughs> be seen or heard from again. Yeah, it's probably the best move right there. You didn't want to return back with her shoes. She might have gotten ideas. Yeah. And another <laughs> another story. Uh, one time I'm up in I'm up in Ohio, and it's after show. So we all like this one company I used to work for. We all get together, get a room, stay the night, and just go out in, around Canton Acker and have a good time. So we're uh, we decided to go to the strip club, and like half of the guys stayed at the hotel, the other half went to the strip club. So I left early. I was already drunk, so I went back to the hotel. And next thing I know, like an hour later, the one my one buddy brings the, one of the strippers back to the room with her. This is always a poor move. This that's a bad decision. Yeah. And she's teaching and he's teaching her how to give arm drags. Wow. Oh like just say like here, here, this is the Jack Briscoe. This is the Pat Patterson. This is the uh Ricky Steamboat. Just give teach her how to and the trainers trainees there just hanging out with us and the young kids, and they're taking the fucking arm drags from the girl. Wow. So Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and here, and you know and she's, and you know, was, and you know she's running the clock right there. She's like, I don't care what you guys oh, are into. You're paying me. Oh, exactly. So <laughs> she ends up leaving. The next morning, my buddy's gone, and we're we're leaving. And the next day we look, she's in the past. She's passed out in the front seat of his car, and he's nowhere to be found. So we, I just like up and left. I don't know what the hell happened. Hopefully she got home okay, or she got or. I had I didn't see my buddy for six months. I thought he got arrested for kidnapping or something. You, you know? know, you you guys have a problem. You and your friends have a problem with girls randomly ending up in your cars and nowhere to yes, go. Yes, it's very bad. Yeah, it's it's very bad. Like, I know. I, I know. I'm sorry that it's the same premise, but it's just like <laughs> it's just like stories on the road. Okay, Man, you're gonna be careful so, with the company you keep. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, he's a, listen, he's a wheeling. He's a he's a wheeling West Virginia boy, man. I mean, this they get into trouble out there. Trust me. I and you know and you know what really gets them whipped up, Mike. All you got to do is bust out Country Road, take me home, and the whole place goes exactly. nuts. My first night I ever got, my first night I got into West Virginia, I showed up. They put me in that Best Western. It's right along the Ohio River. I know you know where this is, Beast Man. Right? And oh, exactly. Oh, exactly. The, the wheeling in. Right. They put me right next to the suspension bridge. They've got, they, I, I meet these two guys. They're celebrating because they just finished painting the I-70 uh, bridge uh, green. And they're showing me pictures of their buddy who died. So they cremated him and mixed him into the paint to paint him into the bridge. Okay. That's the first West oh, Virginian wow. that I met. That was a great story. <laughs> and by the end of the night, I, I'm, I've done so many shots with these guys. Uh, a guy comes in with a keyboard to do karaoke inside of that bar. And I stood on top of the bar and led the bar in Country Road, Take Me Home. And I was officially a West Virginian. They are some fun folks out there. That is for sure. Now, now, have you ever uh, been to a bonfire yet? Oh, I've been, I've been to the bonfires. I've done all, I've done all your West Virginian stuff. I've done it all. Have you jumped over the fires yet? Yeah, I, have, I have jumped over the fire. Look, I mean, you, all of you party the same way. <laughs> all of you party the same way it's it's one big like i i love meeting people from here like we could literally do another four hours where me and you tell uh stories about west virginia but mike's head's gonna explode because he brings he brings a little notebook <laughs> and he just has so many questions he has to ask so so mike as we're running out of time here make sure you finish off strong here with beast man and and we'll have to have him on again sometime so we can tell old stories about uh wheeling west virginia Absolutely, Indeed, yeah. I'm going to come back. 
Lots of fun today. Uh, I do want to wrap up the show by asking you, Beastman, pro- go ahead, promote your social media, where fans can find you, uh, where they can find your merchandise. Well, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Facebook, Beastman Husk. There That's you go. it. I love it. Husk. Easy. I, I don't know how easier it can get. Like, if you, if you have a problem... I'm sure if you send me an email, I'll send you the link to where you need to go. Yeah, you be you be surprised how many people have complicated uh, things. Like, well, on Instagram, I'm this, and when I'm on Twitter, I'm this. I love it. Thank you for being so simple. I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, game. absolutely. Hey, I do want to say one thing. Thank you guys for having me on your podcast today. Uh, I just started listening to you guys when you asked me to come on. I think you guys have a great product. I would be happy and honored to come back anytime because I, I got a lot more stories to tell. Hopefully I can remember more this time and be more prepared. And I really, really appreciate you guys having me on. And Mike, I cannot, and I can't wait to see you guys when I come back to Chicago for the next Warrior shows, whenever they may be. Hopefully in the spring, hopefully this thing gets over with so I can see you guys. And I love Chicago. Yeah, looking forward to you again. Yeah, yeah. And, and let me tell you something. Eventually, when this pandemic is over, we'll have you over here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar. We'll pop open a case of Iron Cities. I'll get some shipped in from Wheeling, and uh, we'll have a good old time. I love that sound. That sounds like a great time. <laughs> All, All right, right Beastman, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you guys for having me. That's, yep. a, that's awesome. Look at that, Mike. You surprised me. Our last show of the year, you surprised me with a guy from Wheeling, West Virginia. I, uh, thank, thank you, Mike. Thank you. I know you didn't I plan on that. I never even made the you. connection until the, you guys started talking about it, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, he's been, he, I guarantee you, as a youth, Beastman listened to a, a younger Chris Lanuti on uh, 100.5 Womp FM. Which is in, nuts. In Wheeling, West Virginia, is- where I met my wife, where she was a sales girl. And uh, I uh, seriously, he and I could probably sit around and talk about that town uh, all day long, but we don't have time for it. We will be back in 2021. But for now, Windy City Slam taking a holiday break. My friend, I want you to have a wonderful Christmas, a happy new year, and the best to you and the family. Thank you. Stay tuned to Windy City Slam social media for more details. All right, Windy City Slam. We'll see you next year. Bye-bye, everybody. Just screaming because my name